podcast is Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Every episode, we take a closer look at companies who are getting customer experience right from over the phone, social, apps, or in person. There are some companies that are just really good at this. What are they doing differently to make great customer experience happen? Listen in and find out. Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast starts now. Welcome back to Pat Purdue's Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Pat Purdue, and I'm so glad you're here today. You are going to love today's show. So I've got a question for you. When you talk about customer experience, what are your go-to stories? Those times that made you say, wow. <laughs> it might be a transformative meal or perhaps a live music or theater experience that expanded your perception of what was possible. Or it might have been a visit to your tailor or your hairstylist or your grocer. I would argue that any business, any business can deliver wow. But what if your entire business relies on getting the wow? It's not enough to be good enough most days and wow sometimes. What if it was either wow or nothing? Fine was tantamount to a one-star review, to a broken customer relationship where you'll never see that customer again. But of course, you do want to see them again. You have to. What if your business model relies on repeat business? So you have to get the wow every time. It's like having to hit a home run every time at bat. Either it's out of the park or you're out. This is the luxury spa industry. I would argue the highest standards of guest experience in the world, in which every detail is or should be designed not just to please you or relax you, but to transform you into your better self, whatever better means. And if the spa fails to repeatedly live up to that incredible challenge, that obligation, they're doomed. So how do they do it? Is it about spending millions of dollars on interior design or tens of millions on beautiful grounds? Well, our guest today, Jean-Guy de Gabriac, is one of the world's foremost authorities on luxury spas, and he has the answers to those questions. Jean-Guy de Gabriac is an award-winning advisor and educator on the art of crafting the spa experience. Some of the most beautiful destination resort spas in the world have relied on Jean-Guy's renowned insights to create that wow spa experience that keeps clients coming back. Jean-Guy is also the founder of World Wellness Weekend, which falls on September 18th and 19th this year. It's in its fifth year. This year, over 130 countries, over 900 cities, and nearly 1,400 venues so far have committed to participate in World Wellness Weekend so far this year. In alignment with the United Nations' third sustainable development goal, Good Health and Well-Being for All, World Wellness Weekend inspires people around the world to enjoy healthy lifestyles through safe, free, and fun activities and exciting special offers. If you go to their website, which I'll link to in the show notes, wherever you happen to be in the world, World Wellness Weekend connects wellness enthusiasts to nearby professionals through its geolocator on their website. If you're a wellness professional, go and sign up. It's absolutely free. Jean-Guy also serves as conference producer of the World Spa and Wellness Conventions in London and Dubai. He is the immediate past chair of the supporting the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals through the Global Wellness Institute. He is a board member for the International Massage Association and judge at the World Spa and Wellness Awards. Jean-Guy has contributed to over 300 articles in the media and as of today, at least one podcast. 
This episode is a little longer than my typical episodes, but when you listen to Zhang-Gi speak, you will know why. If you aren't driving, I suggest you have a pen and notebook handy. And now to my interview with Luxury Spa Authority, advisor and educator on the art of crafting the luxury spa experience, Zhang-Gi de Gabriac. We begin our conversation with Zhang-Gi speaking to a very simple yet complicated question. What goes into the making of a fabulous spa? Here's Zhang-Gi. It's way more than what you see. Sure, there's going to be architecture, design, space, and equipment. And uh, based on the budget you have, there will be over 1,500 euros, which could be 2,000 Canadian dollars, possibly, per square meter. I wouldn't know how to translate that in square feet. Um, or you can reach uh, numbers that are simply out of this world and sometimes uh, and sometimes simply too much in overbuilt spas and over-equipped spas. And the return on in investment is not there. It's just a return on ego for the person who eventually spends that much money to say, well, you know, this is my contribution. This is what I have, and, and that's for friends. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen that in Asia. We've seen that in the Middle East. We've seen that in Europe also sometimes. So it's more than what you see. What makes a fabulous spa is what you feel. And my big question, either as a guest, and I'm, I'm a big spa enthusiast, and sometimes when I travel as a, one of the judges of the World Spa and Wellness Awards, does this spa have a soul? It has walls and they have marble on it. It has treatment rooms and they have a view outside to the sea or a garden. They have amazing beds and they could be coming from an Italian brand called Lemmy and that could be the Ferrari of treatment beds. But how do you feel? And for me, what separates one spa to the next? And basically, you know, I'll start with maybe with the conclusion. I told you. There are many, many types of spas, but really there are three types that really uh, stand out. The ones that make things happen, the ones that watch things happen, and the spas that wonder what happened. And to be part of the ones that make things happen before building, it's really about who do I want to attract, the clients and the people. And I could go on and on, but definitely what makes a fantastic spa, a fabulous spa, is a spa that is just catered for a very specific audience, being extremely congruent at what it's going to give. Is it to be an expert in anti-aging treatments? Is it to be a specialist of slimming through all types of manual or technical high-tech uh, products? and um, to make those uh, fatty cells disappear? Is it to be the best partner that aesthetic doctors can find so that the skin is prepared before and it's healing faster after? Is it to be the accomplice in a way, the best friend of pregnant women and have them before they're pregnant, during their pregnancy with doulas, not just a therapist, and after when they can come in a, on safe days with their baby in a nursery. I've seen that happen. And it's, it's a growing concept in France. Will you be the, the best partner spa that cancer survivors can go to? Will you be targeting businesses, a leader in wellness? We can go on and on, but most importantly, and I guess we will have to spend some time on it. The most fabulous spas have the most fabulous people because the first time you go to a spa, you go to a place. You've heard about it. You've seen it in the news, the magazines. It's, oh, wow, it looks nice. You go to a place. Second time you go, you go back for a person. 
to take care of you, not just the place. What an amazing distinction, because you mentioned how much money can be spent on architecture and the beautiful setting and all of the refinements that go toward that experience. It almost sounds like that brings me the first time. And if the person, if the human to human component isn't a big part of that first experience, that may not bring me the second time. Agreed. And this is why at the initial stages, when we're still on the drawing board, we're still looking at the blueprints and we're looking at how much per square meter or square feet uh, the investor or the company is going to spend, there has to be a clear acknowledgement of the financial person to say, how much will I invest in things and how much will I invest in people? Have you ever walked in, in rooms where you're not really comfortable with people and others, where you meet someone, you say, oh my God, we connect. This is what we need in spas and wellness centers. This is why we need to focus on the people, the operators, not the technicians, not because of what they studied at school, not because of the ongoing education that they have. Sure, they need that and they need lifelong learning, but because of who they are and the positive energy that they share with other people, not being afraid that if they share too much positive energy, it's going to deplete them of their positive energy. It is a renewable energy. And we need to be able to know how to harness that, share that consistently, not as robots, but as human beings. And that comes with organization, that comes with menu engineering or re-engineering. It comes with the flow in the spa. This is what is my purpose in life, to help those who want to open spas, manage spas, operate spas for as third-party operators, or work in spas, not as a J-O-B, 9 to 5, 13, 15, $18 an hour plus compensation and tips, but as calling, as something, you know, some people wake up to an alarm clock and some others wake up to a calling. Whose life am I going to touch today? It could seem very romantic, but actually it's very pragmatic. And these are the spas that do well, that always strive to do better also, and that do good around them. Because so many times they will invest in things, the architecture, the design, the equipment, not enough in the people, not enough in the uh, long enough re a recruitment phase to be sure you have the right profile, not just a, an available pair of hands on that time. And so many spas have um, an endemic turnover of staff, turnover of spa managers and spa directors. And this is the worst that can happen because the place is going to age for sure. After two years, three years max, there will be new trends, new colors, new materials. You know, just see how much the world has evolved between 2019 and 2021. So imagine all the investment then, what do you do with that now? However, investing less in what can see, can be touched, and more into what can be felt, that's where the leverage is going to be. If, if you look at what quantum physics tell us, I'm not an expert in quantum physics, and I'm not going to go into the details of the universe. However, there's one quote from quantum physics that is really interesting. We're not in a world of things. We're in a world of relations. Things are in relations with each other. Particles are in relations with each other. We're 
in relations with each other in this conversation, Pat, because we discuss something we care about. So our mind, our heart, our soul maybe is into it. It's bringing us together and maybe wanting us to create more things together. So just a simple conversations can go lead a long way in having people in a more cohesive, with more solidarity, rather than just investing in things. So that would be my, my main focus in creating a fabulous spa. Invest in people, invest in your concept, your target audience as people, not as clients, as people, and in your team as people. One of my questions that I wanted to ask you today is the thing that spas often miss. Like, what's the thing that they get wrong? And it sounds like we, we may have touched on that already, where there's the perhaps a misconception that the spa is the stuff, but it sounds like the essence of the spa is entirely not that. Is that a common misconception about among spa designers or spa investors in the conception stage where they're not maybe as aware of this dynamic as they potentially should be? You know, that's, that's interesting. There are several ways to answer your, your question. And it's absolutely spot on. A, for a lot of people, a spa is a place. It's a hotel spa, a day spa. It has an address. I go there. Spa is also a promise. Is it going to be sanitas per aqua and you need water? Is it going to be soles per aroma, like I've seen once in the US? And there's not going to be water, but aromatherapy is going to be the key. Is there science per Ayurveda? And this, um, this spa is definitely going to take you into Ayurvedic treatments, Ayurvedic breathing, pranayama, sometimes chanting to open up some chakras uh, and using the food, which is absolutely fantastic. Or is it, as I described it a conference a while ago, service, personalization, and attitude? For that, no matter how much you put on your wall, it has to be adequate to the audience you want to target. Okay? Not enough on your wall is not going to put you in a good place to be the best buddy of plastic surgeons and aesthetic doctors, if that's one avenue you want to go. Not enough money will not help you to attract pregnant women because you need the place not only for them, but also for the babies and for the doula and, and for the, the nursery so that you can have really a flow. So service, personalization, and attitude. One thing that really a lot of investors, owners miss, unfortunately, is the flow. Flow is the state in which you are when time and space dissolve, because what you are placing your attention is dissolving any tension that you may feel in life, in your schedule, in your mind. It just dissolves. You are in a state of flow when you are practicing your favorite sport. Uh, and you can feel where the ball is going to come when you're playing tennis and or you're playing music and you may repeat that line over and over again. Your neighbors may not be in a state of flow when they hear you <laughs> repeat that line. Sounds like you've been talking to my neighbors. My wife is a pianist. She's a classic pianist, a concertist. So so we, we, we know about that. And uh, sometimes I, I know she's in the flow and I go and, and tell her, yes, you know what? The, Every time you repeat that line, musical line, I have to repeat the line that I'm reading in the presentation that I'm supposed to give because you start again, I start again. We are one. Anyway, flow. It's not just the flow where you are in when you come in as a guest. And we will definitely dive deeper into guest experience as we go forward in this conversation. But the flow of linen. 
some spas have no flow for linen, except you bring the, the linen and the, and the towels with your hands into the room and you take out the dirty linens after a treatment into your hands and you bring them back to a room which is at the other end of the spa and guests may see you. Or you have a tray with wheels and sometimes that those wheels makes a sound, a squeaky sound. And anyone can hear the tray go by because it makes a sound. Uh, there's such a thing in hotel as silence management. If you work efficiently, please work silently also. In, in some places, they do it cleverly. And there is such a place in the center, which, is, which looks like a, a, a cupboard. You just open it and it's a chute. And all you have to do is just go there and it drops one floor. And this is where it helps a lot. So the flow linen is, is just one example. But where do you prepare your products? Is it in the room with the guest? Is it before? Is it a lab? Just like a kitchen. You know, you have some restaurants where the kitchen is at the back. And, and please, don't let any client go in that kitchen because it's dirty, it's greasy. The food could be good. But if anyone looks at it, it's going to be, you know, disgusting. However, you have some restaurants that are built with an open kitchen and you can see the cook. So some places, some spas have the products mixed and prepared in front of the guest with natural herbs from the garden, with different products, because it is really about the personalization. And I need you, Pat, to see that because it's you and because it's you now, I'm not going to be using the same ingredients as I did yesterday or last month when you came. It's going to be special ingredients for you now. Or it's prepared in a place where people in the waiting room can see products being prepared for others and they just wait for their turn to have that preparation brought to them. So flow is absolutely key. And so many times there are some architects who are wonderful architects for apartments, for villas that have actually decorated the apartment or the villa of the owner or and the, 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 the owner's wife or husband is absolutely thrilled with what has been done in the villa and said, will you build my spa? These people will be at the spa with beautiful photos on a magazine, very hard to work in in the flow. Fascinating. And you've said so much. Thank you for that. I do want to spend a little time on flow and moments that take guests out of that flow. And I'm comparing it to something that's essentially the theme of this podcast, this entire show, is customer experience. Customer experience, as I'm sure you know, is defined as the sum total of all of our touch points with a company or a brand, and we weigh those. And at some point, we may have a great in-store experience, yet our online experience is not reflective of our expectations, or the opposite may be true. And that unfortunately breaks the magic or can risk the relationship between the customer and the brand. And it sounds like in your, your description of flow and all of these thousands of touch points that a guest can have during their stay at the spa, any one of those can risk bringing the guest out of the state of flow. And then it's almost like somebody sneezing in a movie theater where you're brought out of the magic of the movie. So of all of those thousands of things, where do you start as a person who provides guidance to spas trying to capture this magical thing that you've described? How do you even begin to help develop that? Is it something that's written down? Is it something that's, that's felt and intuited? Is it something that grows over time? Walk me through how that works. Well, we start with the deep inner desire of the owner 
the creator, the, the person who's going to pay for that. It's a dream in the making. It's almost like a baby that's going to be delivered to the world. It's their ideal place. It's their slice of heaven that they want to bring on earth. Helping them really target the niche audience they want, because either they will be a market taker or they will be a market maker. If they have a spa that looks a little bit like everyone else, except you know for the decoration and the colors and the menu, these are details. Uh, the core, the soul of the spa needs to be different to add something absolutely special. Once they have targeted what they really want to bring, then they can charge a special price for a special treatment for a special audience. Otherwise, they will always be competing on the same price levels as others. A relaxing massage is so, you know, so much, a deep tissue massage is so much, a, a foot massage is so much, then this, com this becomes a commodity. It doesn't become an experience and hopefully a transformative experience. So the what, the why they want to do it. Right now, it's not so much about location, 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 where you are located, because wherever you are, people will have to get out of their house, home, flat, get into a car, that's an adventure in itself for people who have been locked up for months and who's going to be wearing a mask and this is terra incognita, how is the, the sterilization, the, 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 the sanitization of the place, am I going to catch something there on the way there with, it's an expedition. It could be a bit of a burden, you know, I have to, not that I, I don't get to get in my car and drive to a new location or potentially get on a plane, I have to, to go there. And perhaps I've become comfortable in my routine and my normal routine of going to a spa once or twice a year or more has been broken. So how do we get customers or clients to come back? So you get them back online immediately. And so many spas are really touch on and they're, they turn away from tech. They say, oh, no, 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 no phones in my, in my spa. When actually... It would be a great idea for, for guests to have their phone now and to have an, a special place in your spa that is Instagrammable. I'm here, see me, I'm oh, there. Yes. And they post and it's safe and it's fun and it's fantastic. And they want to go back there with their, with their friends, with their family. They stay in their bubble of friends they know, people they know, they see, colleagues they see uh, regularly or family. And they know they're not going to catch anything and they have bubbles with their bubble with Prosecco and they have a great time and spas become a very social place like it was for the Greeks, for in the hammams, for the Romans, it was a very social place. So it, it should become a very social place again. When you're brought in, if I have a hundred million dollars and I wanted to invest that in a spa, in a beautiful destination spa, is this the time that I call you when it's a dream, when it's a like a sparkle in my eye to do that? Or should I talk to architects first and should I talk to others first and then I bring in Zhongyi. Chances are if you have a hundred million dollars or even less you'll have friends around you who will always have an opinion and tell you you need to call this person or that person. It happened over a dinner over 10 years ago a friend of mine was sitting next to um, a very entrepreneurial woman who said my dream is to build a spa and I want to build the best spa the most beautiful spa in Brussels. And my friend said, you should call Jean-Guy, here's his number. And there I was a week later in her kitchen with a notepad. And I was in interviewing her 
to help her conceive, say what she loved, what she didn't like, uh, best experiences, worst experiences. And I mapped little by little something that looked like what she wanted. I cannot draw. I'm not an artist. I cannot play the music. Uh, but I can definitely, with words, uh, help her define something in which she said, that's it. That's what I want to do. Where do we start? And then we go through project management, step by step. What do we tackle first? Yes, there will be an architect, absolutely. She may already have found one. And actually, she found two. And she found one that said, you know what? Um, I love your place. Very high seating, over four meters. It's fantastic. We're going to build a spa that's going to be on two levels. There's going to be um, railways, staircases where people will go. And then only to realize that his project, there was one meter short of what he wanted to do. A, the first project was just too pharaonic, like a pharaoh could only build that. And we need to move away from that. But then when he said, oh, you know, I have the feeling we need to raise the roof. I said, okay, that's it. This person has to leave the room and we need to come back to something decent, something logical, something that you can, not just the most beautiful, but the most successful, profitable spa for all stakeholders, not just the architect, but also you as the owner, the guests and the staff who are going to work in it. It's going to be very, very rapidly a, a place where people live. You know, I, I started my career in, in Los Angeles in working for Ridley Scott, the um, English director in the Paramount Studios. And I started in his production company, uh, Percy Main Production. At the time, everyone said there's no business like show business. I'd like to challenge that and say there's no business like repeat business. A person who comes into your spa for the first time is not a client. It's the possibility of a client. It's the possibility of a conversation. Someone who decides to come back with a friend, to come back with not just a gift certificate, but with a package, with a program, that person can become a client, can become a brand ambassador, can become a friend. Maybe in some spas and, and in some places, friendship is encouraged between staff and clients. In other places, I would say yes. In a spa, it's important to know your place, to know your role. And to be able sometimes to tell a person what they need to do in their life so that the contract that you have with that person works. If that person says, you know, I, I keep coming back and I don't lose weight and I keep have this not weight loss program because weight loss is, is another type of program. Spas should not offer weight loss, but they can help with firming, for instance. And if that person is, is not getting the results they want, how about the lifestyle? And we need to encourage people to understand we are here for the lifestyle. We're here for the long haul, not just for the gift certificate. So having them come back is part of a strategy, not because the place is beautiful. Maybe it is because the place is beautiful and it has an amazing view and it has a great spa uh, cafe and people like to have their meals in front of the view. The treatment's not so much. You want the experience to be complete. So yeah, that would be my answer. Where do you see the future of spas going? What are the, I want to say trends, but I don't love that word. But when we think of some of the destination or resort spas that you've worked with and that are being created potentially now or being envisioned now, what are the kinds of experiences or trends that you see happening in the future? There are several trends, very strong um, right now. There's one towards pampering with 
thought we were done with pampering in spas, but pampering is back big time. And after this time, people have a pent up demand, revenge money to spend, and they want to have a good time with people taking care of them. So pampering is back for you, for you and your loved one. The number of couples treatments is going through the roof in some beautiful hotels and resorts. When you thought it wouldn't be wise to have four people in the same room, actually they have two, two beds and the couple is receiving a massage from, from two therapists. So for 60 to 90 minutes now, because treatments are getting longer also, people say, you know, if, if it is an expedition to take my car and go somewhere, I might as well stay for a long time in that place to really enjoy myself. So pampering is back. Work is back and there's lots of work to be done on a physiological level physical level mental level emotional level people need want to go back to massage therapists who know physiology who know energy who know trigger points and for months they haven't been touched when i was managing a massage institute near the champs elysees in 2001 until 2004 we had people come and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been married for a long time, but my wife doesn't touch me anymore, or my husband doesn't touch me anymore. Sure, we have moments in the month or the week where we, we join each other and we have those moments, but they're brief. The tenderness is gone. The touch is gone. We were not providing those kinds of services in the Massage Institute. That <laughs> I'm I glad you clarified that. That was not our business model. <laughs> our business model was about the anatomy, physiology, trigger points, and how to induce that flow in people. We were having architects who were coming after nights working on a project, and clearly they were walking next to their shoes and eyes were not really in their socket. We were putting the eyes back in the socket and the, the head back on the shoulders and they were going back and they had more refreshed ideas to work on their project. We had people coming who hadn't been touched by their partners or spouse and feeling very, very, uh, with, with uh, how do you say, sensorial deprivation. And they were reconnected with their body, with their limbs, with their uh, hands, they could reach out to other things. So we were really, really um, helping on this. And the third trend is really, so work. Work is important as a second trend. When you say work, does that mean... Can you work on my feet? Can you work on, on, that, that, on that hamstring? Can you work there? Yes, I can. So work is, is one thing. So we had uh, pampering, we had work, and we have wellness. We're moving into another area. Now, it's another ball game. With spa, you're looking for pleasure. With wellness, you're looking for prevention. With spa, you're looking for an escape. You're checking out of reality, checking out of responsibilities. You want a moment for you. With wellness, you enter the realm of mindfulness and you're checking in. You want to address these issues, the situations, and you want to find a way to solve them rather than run away from them. With spa, you want to work. With wellness, you want transformation. With spa, you want relaxation as the number one. The, the number one driver is I want to relax. And it can be a relaxing massage, a soft massage that you may call a Swedish massage. Uh, and it can be a deep tissue massage. And the moment you know you're doing a good job, either with a light Swedish massage or with a deep tissue, is when you hear the snoring 
when the snoring starts, <laughs> you've hit that sweet spot, that person trusts you. With spas, you go for relaxation. With wellness, you go for optimization. I want me improved. I want me better. With spa, you want to enjoy a moment by yourself or with a friend. And so many spas welcome besties, BFFs, best friends. Uh, with wellness, you want to change your habits. Spa, it's very passive. Ah, oh, you know, it's a spa moment. Take care of me. With wellness, it's more active. How can I be part of the process? Because I know the wellness process is going to continue after I'm gone from this place. You want to break away from your problems or you want to face and address problems? You want an appetite to eat better? Or you want to learn how to cook better? You want to chill or you want to stimulate your creativity? You want fitness or mindfulness? This is very different. And this is how I believe we can evolve with the needs of the, the population right now, which is, yes, I have physical tensions. Yes, I have mental tensions. Yes, I have emotional tensions. And yes, there is friction in my life where on a social standpoint, I'm not doing so well. I'm awkward with people. I'm afraid of people. You know, there is so much adrenaline and cortisol in our bodies right now. Adrenaline that has been released by the adrenal glands uh, next to our kidneys and cortisol to metabolize the sugar so that at least it's a cushion when you're when you feel hurt in life emotionally or physically we need more endorphins serotonin oxytocin these are pleasure hormones that can be delivered flushed by the brain we need to tap into those resources and by the way it's legal to get high on serotonin and uh, oxytocin some people and there's a big trend by the way about cbd and there are so many CBD massages. There are some very good brands. There are brands that just put CBD and actually you have zero dot, 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 one percent of whatever product there is. And with menthol or with eucalyptus, people could be better off or arnica for that matter. But let's not get into CBD. We can produce the substances that our body needs with that if we go into mindfulness. For that, once again, you don't just need the walls, the architecture, the design, and the, the equipment. You need the people and the facilitators. When you go and you go on a hike in the mountains, will you go by yourself? You can. If the signage is clear, if there's no danger, but if you want to venture off, you take a guide, you take a Sherpa. I believe the teams, the people working in spas and wellness centers can be those Sherpas into life. They have gone through drastic lifetime changes, loss, grief, not necessarily, but often. There's a wounded part uh, that you can find in therapists. And that part is a place where empathy can grow and where growth can be enhanced in the, the other persons. It is an alchemy if you look at it this way. Do you find that wellness is becoming more of a conscious awareness for people who go to spas versus let's say five years ago is wellness let's say trending up for lack of a better way to say that so a we need to address people who are those people coming to that place and wellness i have to say and i'll get to the people in a second but i have to address wellness right now because wellness has been washed over so many times that it's wellness this wellness that in hungary you have wellness eggs. In Europe, you have wellness food for dogs. Wellness is served so many times that people are kind of, oh, okay, wellness. There was even a book against wellness saying there's 
wellness is creating too much stress on the people. That was before COVID-19. Maybe the, the desire to be well is still there and still very strong, but some people say wellness, well-being, they have a fight over words, just like they used to have a fight over what is a full-fledged salon and a spa. Um, could I call myself a spa even though I'm a salon? So the word wellness, I think people are getting tired of, but the desire to be well, how can you get tired of that? So people, people have different needs when they go to a spa or a wellness center. You have the newcomers, what we used to call the spa virgins. They come for the first time. They're not so sure about what's happening. They have that gift card in their hands. Believe me, if you wish, there are still people that have never been into a spa, even affluent people who think, they don't see the point. They don't need that. And then they receive a gift certificate and they feel peer pressured to go and use this gift certificate. So finally they go and they don't know the customs. They don't know what you do. They don't know how much you undress. They don't know how you lay. So these people need security. They need reassurance more than they need wellness. You have the regulars. They know the place. They know the people. They know it's safe. They know it's great. And they know that it's not just one treatment that's going to make a big difference in your life. It's a series of treatments and it's a package or it's a program and they will come and then the wellness will kick in because they know it's the, it's the process, either a healing process or a beautification process. And they are part of that process. Wellness is not done on you. A treatment can be done on you, but the wellness part, you must be active. Then you have the aficionados. You have those that have been to Bali and tell you about the Balinese massage. They've been to Hawaii and they tell you about not the Lomi Lomi massage singular, but that each island has its own tradition of a Lomi Lomi massage. So you should use plural, just like people who know yoga can tell you yoga is written Y-O-G-A. You should place an S because there are so many disciplines of yoga. So which one are you talking about? And these ones can be challenging because when they say, well, you know, this is a Swedish massage. What do you mean Swedish? I've been to, Swede to Sweden. I've, I've, I've known, I've had the real stuff. Oh, this is a Lomi Lomi massage. Who was your teacher? Who was your Kumu? My Kumu? I had an online class during COVID <laughs> about Lomi Lomi. Why don't you tell me about, you know, Kumu? Okay, so maybe that will not be the treatment I want from you. What do you know and what do you do? Well, you know, I have my own massage. You know what? I'd rather go with your own massage, Pat, than a, a version of Lomi, Lomi you've learned on YouTube during the lockdown. You see what I mean? That's what an aficionado will do. Show me you. Don't show me something you've learned. Show me. You don't massage with what you know. You massage with who you are. Show me who you are when you massage me. So that's, I believe, or I feel that... This time at the spa is not just an investment of my money, because, you know, I'm, I'm paying for this treatment, but it's also an investment of my time. The time that it took me to come here, to stay on the table, and then to leave. And so many times, ah, after five minutes, I knew I should have never booked for that 90-minute massage. 30 would have done the trick. Why 90? I needed 90 minutes with a good therapist. This is not a good one. Finally, you know, I don't want to get into this. So three times in my life, I had to stop a treatment and I received a lot to say, you know, this is not working. It's not you. It's me. You know how men can be sometimes. So, so very, so I, it's really about those aficionados and they can be also looking at the time that they're investing with you for the time they're going to spend with their friends, telling about that fantastic treatment they had with Pat. Yes, it was at this spa, 
on that place and the the decor and everything. But that moment with Pat, his hands, his his forearms, especially on that part, and his elbow when it dives into ah, that was heaven. They will speak about you. Therefore, they're investing their time and money to go to that spa so that they have a story to tell to their friends because they have a statute to uphold. They are aficionados. They're known as such. Uh, so who is coming? Who do you want to impress? And who will you be matchmaking with the therapist so that a newcomer may feel really reassured by certain types of staff that you have and others will be better with more advanced or more, you know, deeper body work. Very interesting. And again, it brings us back to the people. As one is envisioning the experience, one must take into consideration the nuances of each of the categories of clients that you've defined. It, uh, it, it sounds appropriately daunting, which is why people call Jean-Guy <laughs> for that kind of help. And again, I have many, many questions left, but I'm going to show some self-restraint and narrow it down to the fact that I would love to spend some time talking about World Wellness Weekend. Can you share with us a little bit about what that is? And you're the founder of World Wellness Weekend. It's on its fifth year. And what brought you to want to do this? Thank you. After working and dedicating 20 years of my life as a spa consultant, as a spa educator, working for cosmetic brands, uh, hospitality groups, iconic properties, being part of projects that uh, involve the creation of one massage or facial that was launched then in 60 countries with a rollout in different languages, I realized that all of these places want to be unique, want to be special, want to have an edge or two uh, with their competitors. And once I saw a t-shirt that said, you are unique like everybody else. So it's a constant arms race in a way to always outsmart, outbid the competitor. However, I believe that in the world we live in, and that was a few years ago, we shouldn't look always for masculine um, values, like being the first, being the strongest, but feminine values. Collectively, we can achieve much more than what we can achieve on a singular level. So I thought, why not get everyone to open their doors on the very same day, on a symbolic day? The third weekend of September is just before the equinox of September. And it's a moment people look at the, the June solstice or the winter solstice because it's the longest day or the shortest day. But the equinox is usually when daytime and nighttime are roughly the same, which, is, which was a good symbol for work-life balance or work-life harmony. So we settled on September, which is also a great date for people returning from their long holidays to get back into back to school, back to work, and also back to the gym and having lots of membership programs that are subscribed at that point, not just in, in January, but September is a big, big month for that. And there's lots of new launches, new programs in spas before the big craze of the, of the holiday season. So September it was on the third weekend. And I launched this project in France and Belgium with about 160 venues that knew me, either clients or prospects or people that I had met at different conferences and say, let's do this together. And let's catch the attention of the media. And through the media, we'll catch the attention of a larger audience together. You can do whatever promotions you want before, after, but on the weekend, please donate one hour of one member of your family. Choose your champion and have that champion 
donate wellness tips, tutorial, class, workshop, talk, inspiration talk to an audience that can be your guests, your members, your local community, or can also give an hour back of house for your team to make them feel special. This caught on very fast. And the first year there were two countries, France and Belgium, because I'm French living in, in Brussels. Year two, 88 countries. Year three, 98 countries. Nine, year four, which was in 2020 during COVID, we continued to grow in 109 countries. And as of now, a few months before September, there are 130 countries signed up available on the map, wellmap.org in 16 languages. We started with 160 venues on year one, 650 on year two, 2,330 on year three, best year so far with COVID. Unfortunately, lots of those spas were closed or were open, but not allowed to welcome a large number of people. So they did activities online. So we had just over 1,100 venues and we're continuing to grow. So this is really an event that is bringing the industry together when spa owners, managers, directors can sometimes feel the isolation of working in their box. It's a way for them to connect with people from sunrise in Fiji all the way to sunset in Hawaii on the following day, knowing that it's an entire industry that is opening their doors and welcoming people to introduce them to how to be well, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially with friends. It's also a way for us to give back in alignment with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and especially number three, which is good health and well-being for all. It goes through medication with health, it goes through vaccination, but it's also through mental health or what Deepak Chopra calls mental distress, mild signs of anxiety, mild signs of depression, all the way to suicidal ideation. It's, there's a large scope also with burnouts in between. So there's a lot we can do and there's a lot we can deliver. And we also wanted not just to have hashtag wellness for all or wellness by all, because you can contribute to your own wellness and you can contribute to the wellness of your significant others, your colleagues, your friends, your neighbors through social prescribing. It's also wellness for doctors and wellness for doctors. And we should, you know, when, when the pandemic hit really hard, there was a customs at 8 p.m., no matter where you were, to open your window and to bang uh, on a saucepan or a frying pan and make some noise so that people could hear you clap and cheer. We want to do more than clapping on a saucepan. We want to welcome on the World Wellness Weekend, 18 and 19 of September, doctors, nurses, to be welcomed in spas in wellness centers, in beauty schools, in France, in Canada. So there's lots of things happening to give back to the community, to the industry. And yeah, now it's not just venues participating or groups, big hotel groups being fitness chains. It's also cities. It's also the city of Marseille, the second largest populated city in France. It's also regions, the regions, the province of Quintana Roo in Mexico, the country, the region of Alsace in France or Auvergne. It's really growing, not just because I had the vision and just because I was crazy enough as a Frenchman to say, let's go, but because there's a hundred ambassadors, volunteers, ambassadors and coordinators around the world who are the face, the smile, the voice of the World Wellness Weekend, wherever they are. And we want to make with World Wellness Weekend enthusiasm 
safely contagious so that people understand that they can be the artisans of their own wellness. And we, as spa professionals, wellness professionals, we can serve people to the best of our abilities so that in turn, these people can serve other people to the best of their abilities. This phrase is not from me. It's from uh, Dr. Brian Williams, fantastic keynote speaker and educator. But I think it, it rings really true. There's, there's a dimension in us that needs to reach out to others. And we've been bunkered in our homes for so long. It's time we came out as people, as individuals, and as professionals. It is our time to welcome them in a safe place, but also with an emotional response that's going to be, wow, yeah, sure, it's safe, but... Uh, not because of sanitization and not just because of sterilization process you use in your SOPs, but because you have brought standard operational procedures, not just to standard, but superior or signature. You bring me to that safe place inside of me where I can reconnect with maybe my calling or what I can do in this world to improve my relationships with the loved ones, my colleagues and the people around me. We don't touch skin only, we touch lives. Well, Jean-Guy, I cannot think of a better more positive spot to end our conversation, to leave people with that very inspiring thought. And I'll leave contact information for World Wellness Weekend in the show notes. So any spas or wellness professionals that would like to get involved, they can visit your website and potentially sign up and register and, and join the movement. So, uh, so thank you very much for that. And Thank you so much for your generosity of time and insight today joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Pat. It was an absolute pleasure to share. And thank you for your questions that always come back to. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. And that was my conversation with spa advisor and educator, Jean-Guy de Gabriac. In all that we spoke of, flow, the flow of towels, for example, the notion of return on ego or the value of investing in people from day one because it's the relationships that will make the difference. What stood out for you? How can you bring some spa level experience into your business? I want to thank my guest, Jean-Guy de Gabriac, for joining us today. I'll leave links to his information as well as World Wellness Weekend in the show notes. I really suggest you check that out and save the date, September 18th and 19th. If you're a wellness practitioner or spa director or owner, you don't need to wait until September. You can start the World Wellness Weekend conversation now to plan what you can do, get your staff involved, and let your clients and guests know about it. And I'd like to give a special acknowledgement to all the spas in the United States and especially here in Canada, where many are just getting back to business after this unprecedented 15-month lockdown. Let's all support them by going to a spa. That's all you gotta do. Rough, right? For my Canadian listeners, I'll leave a link to the Leading Spas of Canada website in the show notes. There you'll find association member spas, as well as spas that have undergone rigorous testing and certification. This podcast was edited by Nathan Stamadianos. I'm Pat Perdue. Thank you for listening.